This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. It's international break, but what do you love most? Do you love predictions or do you love power? I love power, but we've got power and predictions. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. So I've obviously not turned into a jittery buffoon in the international break, Mikey, have I? How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. I don't mind it. Don't mind an international break, me. Um, obviously, in my line of work, it means I have a bit, bit, bit more time. Amen. Um, and Joe, it's going to be the inaugural Blue Monday Power Rankings today. Would you like to say hello and explain to our lovely audience what on earth Power Rankings are? Yeah. Evening, everybody. And the. I think I think they're probably quite an American thing when you look at American sports because they're all set up in like divisions, so you're not you don't have a league table of everything at the start. So they seem to rank everything, and I'm sure it's something that YouTube people like to put on there because it draws people in. Come and look at my rankings. Every, everyone loves a ranking video, so they can come on and tell you how wrong you are about it all. And I'm <laughs> sure tonight will be no different. But um, generally, the rankings I I noted down the things I was judging it on, and it's not everything, but it's sort of playing ability, contract status, fitness, the quality of the replacement that can come in if they miss, their current form, intangible qualities, um, just sell-on potential, just the importance to the club of them at the moment. And, and this... Joe, that's key, isn't it? It's in this moment, yeah. right now. And am I right in saying if one of them uh, were to break their leg, they would drop right to the bottom of the power rankings? Yes, that's how this works, Yeah. Yeah, but I guess if Leif Davis was to break his leg, he would have dropped so far down because he'd still be worth a lot and on a long contract. But yeah, it's just, and obviously a lot of it is probably vibes and feel based on it as opposed to this is the list and I am right and everybody else is wrong with who they say is the most important player. Do you understand, Mikey? Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking, I hope we don't end up doing a Blue Monday power rankings. <laughs> that probably won't be very good for me at the moment. <laughs> Unbelievable. Seeds. Welcome, everybody, um, in the live chat. Remember, we go live each and every Sunday at 8 p.m. You can come and join us. Have your say in the debate. And we are relying on you guys tonight to have your say on our power rankings. Once we've done that, we are going through and predicting the next eight games to Boxing Day, the most difficult run 
of the season thus far. Do get involved with that and do hit the thumbs up button um, if you are enjoying it. I'll say this anyway, even if you're not enjoying the show, hit the thumbs up button anyway because it um, helps us out. And for those people who are um, listening after the fact, we appreciate the hell out of your five-star review. Blah, blah, blah. Right, Joe, let's get into the um, power rankings. So we are ranking the Ipswich Town Squad basically in terms of significance, importance, um, stature, etc. We're going to rattle through these first eight because numbers 28 to 20 um, are obviously players who are you know, kind of unlikely to feature. Um, Joe, you have gone for um, bottom of the pile, the Indonesian social media dream, Elkan Baggett, um, Slicker 27, Aluko 26, Evans 25, Humphreys 24, Danassian 23, Bull 22, Edmondson 21. Um, Mikey, if you want to chime in, if anything stands out to you, um, you can come in now and question Joe on that. But Joe, um, tell us your thinking. Um, I guess um, maybe the one that stands out for me there is George Edmondson, who I might have expected to be a bit higher up the list. So tell me your thinking um, generally. Mikey, do you want to pop in or wait and see what Joe says first? I'll wait and see what Joe says. Yeah, go thinking ahead, sort of like the, the bottom six, sort of Baggett, Slicker, Aluko, Evans, Humphreys and Danashian even now. I don't think any of them will probably start. If, if if things go okay, I can't see any starts for those guys in the league between now and the end of the season. And then, obviously, when you look, you've got two teams of 11. I think Don Ball contract up in the summer. We seem to sort of have moved him down the ranking and sort of central midfielders. Yeah, he's got a nice bit of versatility that, versatility that moves him around there. But that's about it, really, isn't it, on him? He, he's... I, I think he'll be an important member of the squad for the rest of the season, but I don't think he's going to play a huge amount. And now with Edmondson, you'd imagine with Axel Two and Zay in the squad, he's now going to be more the sort of the fourth choice defender as opposed to the third choice. And how often do fourth choice defenders play games? Mikey, any any takes on that as we go into the more regular players? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it was maybe Edmondson being 21st as he's someone that generally makes the squad. That that feels high. Um, I can understand why you've put him there. And Evans, I mean, do we even expect to see him again? Like, when, when, when is Evans going to be back in time to play in that FA Cup game? And failing that, I can't, I just can't see him playing much. Joe? Yeah. Yeah, no, both Evans and Aluka are sort of the two senior players out of contract at the end of the season. Evans, especially with the injury, I, I, there's an argument that you could even slide him down a couple of places from there. But I think maybe if he does get fit, he might be someone whose experience is looked upon above the other guys. Amen. Um, keep giving us your thoughts in the comments. It's going to be quite difficult for me to actually um, put them up because then the list actually um, is going to disappear. Uh, speaking of disappearing, Joe has just disappeared as well which might be um, carnage for me and Mikey Baron. Bearing in mind, he came up with the um, power rankings. Um, let me just throw in another couple of comments. Um, yeah, a couple he's, of guys um, talking about Bagger, um, maybe. Um, remember, um, guys talking about potential, it's about the now, um, isn't it? So I, I can I can guess why. Um, yeah, it's, it's how important they're going to be for us between really the now and the end of the season. Like, yeah, if any of those... Yeah players got injured would you would we really be worried at the moment probably not sure right let's go from 20 down to 11 joe we have got and 
that's mental. Um, Walton 20, which I'm sure if we'd done this on the eve, well, that a week before the season started, before we knew he was um, injured, probably would have been um, at least 10 places higher up than that, wouldn't he? Uh, Scarlett 19, Jackson 18. That's interesting. You got those um, that way round, um, Joe. Uh, Ladapo 17. Um, he may drop in January, perhaps. Uh, two and Zabi 16. Maybe we'll be seeing a lot of him, but not until January. Uh, Clark 15. Maybe him and, Mal- and Walton are the biggest droppers um, since the start of the season. Harness 14. Taylor and Luongo 13 and 12. Interesting. I wonder will there be a switcheroony there? at some point soon. And um, Brandon Williams, uh, 11. Um, do you want to come in first, Joe, and tell us your sort of thinking then? We'll try and throw a couple of comments up um, yeah. as we go. A difficult one with Walton because, as you say, I, I'd imagine if we'd have done this at the start of the season, I'd have probably had him in the top three. And that's sort of how far he's slid because ultimately Hladke's been so good. And, yeah, it's vital you've got a good backup. But if Hladke stays in the team all season like this, I just wonder whether he even gets a new contract next season or other than to take the option, try and get a fee for him because he's not going to want to keep sitting on the bench. He's He came here to play games and came here, took a, a lot of work to get him here on good good money to get him to drop down. And now he's sort of nowhere. And then it's sort of much of a match just with a striker. Scarlett hasn't, hasn't shown a huge amount yet. And hopefully he's one that is sort of primed to rise up the rankings over the course of the season. Jackson is just a versatile option who's McKenna likes who performs a task for us. And then you've got um, Freddie Ladapo above him, a player that is, imp- is is important at the moment, but you hope wouldn't stay that way throughout the rest of the season because maybe you want someone a little bit close to George Hurst to help him up there to bring Hurst down the rankings a little bit. Tuanzebi, again, a player like Scarlett, maybe primed to move up there, could end up at the start there. Harry Clark is probably our best defensive sub that can... He's the player that comes in for either fullback if, if they're... Missing, Marcus Harness has been an excellent sub this season. And then when you look at Luongo and Taylor, they're so close together because I think their abilities are so close together because I, I don't think we're going to miss one or the other of them so much if, if they were to get injured, which is great. And it's great squad planning. And it's because we've signed Jack Taylor and invested a good fee and invested the time in him over the season that's pushed him up to Luongo's level. But I just think, like, I don't think we're worried now about January and Luongo missing games where a few weeks back where Taylor maybe hadn't quite made the start we were all hoping he would do. It was, it was probably a concern. And then Williams, 11. Again, I think he's a really good player, but if he misses games and Harry Clark plays, I don't think the drop-off is is too severe. That's probably, when you look at the subs, I think you've got Taylor, Harness and Clark are the three people that have come in and proved that they can just come up to the level quite quickly where... Outside of that, you're making little adjustments to to have them fit. And I think Tuan Zabi and hopefully Scarlett could maybe push to that level as well. What's your um, thinking, Mikey? This group, I guess, are the um, the first reserves, aren't they, frankly? Yeah, and when, when I looked at these initially, it did raise an eyebrow for me that Luongo and Taylor were both ranked outside of the top 11, despite being one of them is a guaranteed starter. But like Joe says, it's it's... Taylor's influence over the last few weeks is basically he's um, got lower down the rankings if if we're talking in terms of number, whereas Luongo's got higher up the rankings through no fault of his own. He's just as good and just just as important, I suppose, in some ways as he was a few months ago. But 
he's just you're just not going to miss him quite as much now Taylor's in such good form um we obviously spoke about how far down uh Christian Walton has dropped but I think we've got to talk about how how far up Marcus Harness is now and I don't think anyone could can argue that he's kind of the attacking bench option number one isn't he and I suppose if we've got Burns back then Hutchinson probably is but in that central position and he's he can play a few different roles up there. I don't think many of us would have been expecting Marcus Harness to even be in the top 20 at this stage, let alone, what is he, 14th in, in Joe's rankings. And I think he's he's well-placed there as well. Um, Joe, after the Plymouth game, just a hypothetical question, I presume you would have had Brandon Williams probably fifth or sixth, maybe, um, after that great run before he disappeared out of the team. Is there... In in your um, kind of rankings rationale, is there is there a chance that literally as soon as he comes back in the team, if he's at the level he was, he'll climb right back up? Yeah. Well, yeah. When you look at Leif Davis, and we'll see in a minute where he's ranked for us, if he can carry on having the same impact as what he's had over that over that sort of period of games when he was sort of man of the match every week for two or three games, then yeah, he's going to be pushing right up there because Clark becomes the the sort of drop off. But Clark is covering effectively Leif Davis and. Brandon Williams isn't he there? So it's uh, it's just that balancing act of where he is. But I think yeah, there's there's real potential. And like I say, when you're looking at the ones that could potentially rise, it's Scarlett, Twanzabi, it's Williams, players that are either loan players or players that have joined this summer that have got that sort of potential to move up. Then I guess Jack Taylor is another summer signing is a long way to potentially to go there. Yeah, and I think just on Caden Jackson as well, I I think Kieran McKenna would probably have him higher up in his power rankings, wouldn't he? Because of what he can offer. He leads the team for possession one in the final third per 90s. Obviously very effective when we need to press, but he also can play a couple of positions and you can just play him in behind. I think maybe Jackson is... Maybe maybe you've been a little bit unfair on him there, Joe, him being 18 for me. Mm. It's just, uh, I, I guess it's who who above him would you push down to move him up the rankings though? Because mm. like Ladapo is more important at the moment because he is the nine option. Harness is being a good attacking sub and yeah. then all of a sudden you're into the midfielders there. But no, I, I think he's a player that is definitely underrated by a portion of the fan base for the job that he can do. What's going on? It's a subjective debate and you two didn't insult each other when you disagreed then. Unbelievable scenes here on the Blue Monday podcast. Um, right, we're going to go 10 up until 6, Joe. You've got um, Amari Hutchinson, um, nice and high there at 10. Uh, Cam Burgess at nine. Uh, Wes Burns at eight. Connor Chaplin at seven. And Luke Wolfenden. I'm going to try and preempt the comments. I suspect they're going to comment on Hutchison and Burns being quite so close together and Chaplin not being higher, Joe. Um, would that be fair? Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's Hutchinson is just. I th- he's just become so important in recent weeks, I think. And I know Wes Burns has been injured, but Hutchinson's come in and has done really well when he's played in front of him. But it's not just that. He's the player that is making differences off the bench every week. And he's a player that's got better and better this season. But as as it moves on, you do just think, well, he's going to find a way into this team at some point this season because he has got better. So we've moved from there. And then, like, Cam Burgess, he's, he's a player who... Again, sort of came into the team last year. wasn't one that you expect to do well, but it's been superb for us. But he's, I guess his power ranking is in danger with regard to 
going away for that tournament, the Asia Cup in January, and Axel Two and Xavier playing because it might be that that pushes him, push him down. But I think he's well within sort of worthy of that place at the moment. And Wes Burns, he's just a player that the, we've missed him so much recently. And despite how well people have come in for him, I think he just offers us so much. And when you look at his his impact from sort of the time from when he signed to us to now, he's basically not really missed many games in that period. And when he's been fit, he's always started for us, whether Paul Cook was the manager or whether Kieran McKenna has been the manager. He was that real key piece in that when we originally played that sort of three, five, two formation where he was sort of the right wing back that would sort of drop back. And he's still, he's still the player that knows our system the best, it seems. And I think he was probably a player that maybe, people weren't expecting to step up as much this season. I think maybe it looked like he might have reached his ceiling a little bit and would drop out the team and you, you signed Hutchison. But just yet again, I think he's proved how important he is and and his absence has done that. Connor Chaplin, whilst I think seven is low for him, I, I do look at the players above him and think, is, is that good or bad? I, I don't know. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? And I think him and Broadhead are probably ones that you could switch over. You'll see where Broadhead is in a minute. But I guess Broadhead has sort of picked up some of the burden of goal scoring as well, where Chaplin is, he's, I think he's still our top scorer, but Broadhead is joint with him at, with six at the top of the charts as well. So last year he was so important because of the goals, but they, we seem to have shared it about a little bit more this team. But I do think that he he does so much not just on the pitch, but around the club as well, that maybe, yeah, he could go a couple of places higher. And yeah. Luke Wolfenden, I think maybe some people would have him a little bit higher. Maybe you could have done, but I just think there's an argument now that Tuan Zabi is coming back into it. How much weaker are we if we have Tuan Zabi and Burgess as the central pair? I'm, I, d- I don't know if we would be at the, at the moment where that hasn't been the case for a long time because I think whenever Luke Wolfenden has not been in the team, we've really, it's been really, really noticeable. What are your thoughts, Mikey? Yeah, I mean, for me, the the big one is I probably would be inclined to switch Chaplin and Broadhead because Chaplin is he was the leading goal scorer last season. He's the leading goal scorer this season. I think he's our main goal threat and maybe slightly more productive on a in a game where he's not really involved too much. I think Broadhead can be really quiet at times, um, and I think Broadhead. There's maybe an argument to be made in in the championship that has a bit more of an X factor to use that expression, like Amari Hutchinson. His ceiling is slightly higher, I think, than Chaplin's. But just Chaplin's been unlucky a couple of times, come come close to scoring a couple of really nice goals on top of the goals that he has scored. And like you say, Joe, the the stuff around the club as well. I think he's a really important member of that team. Um, but. This is a nice argument to be having, isn't it? Really, like they're they're both they've both stepped up really well in the championship. Broadhead hasn't surprised me. Chaplin and Burns probably have. Um, I think Burns is sort of the perfect, almost hybrid of what Jackson and Hutchinson can give you, isn't he? Like he he gives you loads of pace and he can stretch teams, but he's also got plenty of guile on the ball as well, so gets accurate crosses into the box. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not not going to hugely argue with what you've got there, Joe. I just personal preference. I probably would just put Chaplin slightly higher than than Broadhead. And let's reveal the uh, top five now in our inaugural Blue Monday um, power rankings. Remember, this is completely subjective. Um, so try and make your comments in the live chat reflect that. 
else I'm not putting them on the screen. And let's see what Joe has gone for at number five. Uh, Vaclav Haladki, easy for me to say. And number four, there he is, Nathan Broadhead. Number three, George Hurst. Number two, Leif Davis. And number one in the inaugural, inaugurable Blue Monday. It's a good thing I'm not on the screen now, I can't speak. Um, power rankings is Sammy Morsey. Um, let me know your rationale first, um, Joe. Uh, my feedback is, yeah, probably the five players most people would have in there. Maybe we've seen from the chat a few would have Chaplin in there, although make your own list because then you've got to remove somebody. I'm always for putting Broadhead as high as possible because I think in terms of a match winner, he's the man in that squad in a in a tight game or whatever. He's who you're looking to. But I assume there's a lot of intangibles with Morsi being number one and the leadership side of it as well. Run us through your rationale, Joe. Let us know your thoughts um, in the comments. If you're um, big enough to have a pop at Joe, you're big enough to put your uh, top five in then. And we can have a pop back at them then. Um, but Joe, give me your rationale for your top five. And we'll go to some comments from Mikey. Yeah, five, um, Hladki just... He's just been so integral to the way we play this season and there's come on so much. I, I guess the, the the thing we don't know is if he were to miss the next six games, would um, would Christian Welton come in and really make us a lot worse? I, I, I don't know if he would do, so that, there could be an argument on that side. But I, ju I just think he's been so, so key to the way we play and not just that, he's the best keeper in the league on the goals prevented stats as well as all his sweeping, playing high up the pitch, getting on the ball, making us tick taking the ball in confidence and just has taken our game to a new level this season. So I just love watching him and I think I think he's great. Um, number four, Nathan Broadhead. Again, like you say, he he is the difference in these tight games and he's he can be the one that takes the game by the scruff of the neck and just pulls us into it like the Cardiff game. He, he just gets on the ball in such great spaces and whilst maybe he doesn't have the 90-minute impact that Connor Chaplin has, I just think his highs are so much higher than anyone else in the squad and, and you need that. Number three, George Hurst, but it's uh, that's maybe partly because of the makeup of the squad for me that the drop off when he goes off the pitch just seems so vast. You, you've seen that in recent games where I think it was the last game where he he stays on and he comes off in the 88, 89th minute, and it's when he's run himself into the ground. And I, I think all fans would hope that he's not the third most important player by the end of the January transfer window. But the only way that's is going to happen Jay, is... Sorry, can I, is his importance almost because he's holding that position down? In, in, it's almost because of who else is not there as, as much as his... Um, oh, absolutely, output. yeah. Because yeah. He's, not the, he's not the third best player in the squad for, for no. me. He's probably the eighth or ninth best player, which is still great. And he's doing a great job. And he is the archetypal Kieran McKenna striker, the guy that can hold the ball up, sort of... Gets playing, but also run run the defenders down, chase them down, give him a bit of stick, finish a chance when it comes his way. So he's doing a great job. But yeah, he's he's third, but mainly for the makeup of the squad as opposed to anything else. And then second, Leaf Davis. I, I I don't think he's had a brilliant month when you actually look at his performances. He sort of um, struggled in a few games. Sort of it was like if you think back to the Bristol City game, he falls asleep and they nearly score straight from there. And 
gives the ball away against Plymouth for a goal. And you just think, oh, but then you look at the stats and you see, oh, actually, he's still got like five assists this month. And that set piece delivery is so key. When you look at our our stats, it's just our set pieces are probably the best in the league with regards to creating chances and scoring goals. And also his the, the way he stepped up and he's probably worth 15, 20 million now to us has maybe gives us that freedom to maybe try and recruit a bit more in January because we know we've got a sale down the line to cover FFP if the gamble doesn't I've been using that argument work. as my own this past week, Joe. I've stolen it from you. But you know <laughs> what I mean? That that, that does um that does make him so important to us. And then for me, number one, the captain, Sam Moores, he just is the absolute heartbeat of the team. And you notice when he's not there, he just sets a standard, he drives it on and he's just been, well, sort of from, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say from the second he's walked in the door, he's been great. So I didn't think he was brilliant under Paul Cook, but from the second that Kieran McKenna's walked in the door and he switched Morsey and Evans, Morsey has just been, Unbelievable enough. So, I've, Joe, to be clear, playoff semi-final, second leg tomorrow, you have to sacrifice either Morsi or Broadhead. You'd sacrifice Broadhead. Yeah, because I okay. I think for any game, I, I, if there's any player in any game for us, I'd have Morsi. If if the option is Morsi or anyone, I would have Morsi every every single time because he is just the so key to us. Because an in, an inform harness, if 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 it was tomorrow, Ben comes in for for broadhead and and he he he's a match winner on his day as well he's a good technical player and he's got an eye for a pass he's no nathan broadhead but the drop down from having sam Morsey because of how much better he makes the players around him as well he's the leader mm. and like for me he's he's genuine like i think he i think he gets in every championship team maybe he doesn't get in the leicester team because of the the caliber of players that they have but i think he gets in every other team and would be an important player as well um, before Mike that, just sorry, has a little yeah. rattle through that top five there, we, um, we've got lots of comments. We only had um, well done Sarge with a top five. Well done Jace with a top five as well. Joe's put his neck on the line. Come on, you lot in the comments. Do the same. Maybe they all just agree with him then. Oh, well, not, not from what I'm seeing, they don't. Um, I, I, but I don't think that the drop-off in quality of player from, say, Morsey to Luongo or Morsey to Taylor is that big, but it's just everything else that he brings to the team yeah. that is that is where the drop-off is. 100%. Um, Mikey, do you want to just quickly rattle through your top five and hopefully we'll get a few more um, coming via the comments? What, what's your take? I mean, my, my top five is exactly the same as Joe's, but Chaplin is in ahead of Broadhead just because I think on a quiet day, he offers a slightly bigger goal threat. I think if both players are absolutely at their best, I think Broadhead is the better player. But I think Chaplin is is that goal scorer and he gets loads of assists as well on top. There's not a huge amount between them. George Hurst, for me, I don't, I, I'd have him, if you were rating the quality of players, for me, he's he's slightly higher. I think he's a fantastic all-round centre-forward. And they're so hard to find. And we've finally got one, haven't we? Like a striker that can out-muscle defenders. He can punch his weight in the air, but he's also got really good touch, can hold it up, play back to goal, play in behind. He even scored a penalty, didn't he? So hopefully we're going to win a few more of them between now and the end of the season and we'll he'll make a, make a difference from there as well. Brilliant stuff. Well, I very much enjoyed the um, concept. If you want to get them in, uh, we had another few uh, fives coming in. Well done, um, Neil. And Neil, um, Colin, uh, Davis Morsey, Chaplin, 
I think that's the um, only contention people have got with your list, Joe, is um, the position of Chaplin. But um, as Mikey said, it's a it's a kind of nice sort of problem to have. But um, do get them in via uh, Twitter. And if you enjoyed this uh, concept, um, well, there's no international break till March. We could, but we can kind of throw it in as a as a bonus thing, and um, we'll get someone who isn't Joe to do it, so he doesn't have to sit through everyone having a pop at his. Um, is subjective opinion about um, everything. Here we go. There's a couple more. So if, if if they did a an out of the 92 power rankings for clubs, where would where would Ipswich rank at the moment for you? <laughs> be about sort of 13th, 14th, I'd say. 13th or 14th, Ben. How about it? Out of the 92, not for quality, just for like where we are on the up. It's all about like form and things like that. Ben, the the power rankings as well when you do club ones. Um, oh, right, I'm, okay. I'm just going to I'm going to fill some space in, in, the, but... in the top five or something there, just behind. Oh Steve no 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 no, right? no because no because it, it is still in terms of quality. But oh okay. Th- so sort of thirteenth, he's putting us above all of the absolute dross at the bottom of the Premier League and and a few sort of mid table teams. Maybe maybe put us above teams like Crystal Palace at the moment. There you go. I'm learning the concept as we go. And thank you, everybody, for um, joining in. And, yeah, let us know if you um, want us to keep up this concept. We're going to go on to a tried and tested one, Mikey, um, the predictions in just a second. But, um, Mikey, what is that you're wearing? So this, this Ben, is from a nice independent company called Wear the Sport. Um, It's an online shop with... Just some lovely Ipswich Town items. It's mo- I think it's mostly hoodies and and t-shirts. The t-shirts look really nice and oversized. I'm gonna I'm gonna get one in the next um, couple of weeks. And I believe that we we can have a, a discount for our Blue Monday viewers and listeners as well. The, I've got the Shefki Coochie one as you can see, but there's Sam Morsey being carried off the pitch. There's a Luke Chambers fist pump. I was wearing Rusa Premiership last week. Lovely, yeah, and there's some really nice stuff on there. And he's a he's a Blue Monday listener, huge Ipswich Town fan. So, yeah, if you're looking for potential Christmas presents for for Ipswich Town fans, and let's face it, there's a hell of a lot of us at the moment. Um, that's the place to go. Wear the sport. Could you could yeah. you let, let sharpen us up on what the um, the yeah, discount so code is? Wearthesport.com, and your promo code is Blue Monday, and you're going to get fifteen percent off and you know maybe you can let your loved ones know that that might be a nice christmas present for you being so they've bought you every single bit of um ipswich town i was gonna say apparatus then <laughs> apparel um already um a couple more quick plugs their uh, pre-match show thursday night is um west brom that will be rich and seb at 8 p.m come and join them flagship will be on sunday night talking about the West Brom, West Brom game, which is, what can I speak tonight? It's pathetic, um, which is on Sky on Saturday night. That will likely be me, Dave, and Joe, if my um, vocabulary hasn't shrunk to about four words by then. Um, we are going to go to the predictions in just 31 seconds after we hear Mikey's voice talking about our wonderful friends at Innovation Labs. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. 
For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Right, have a think about this, you lot, in the chat as we speak. And tweet us if you're listening after the fact. Eight games we have here to talk about going up to Boxing Day. Don't put your total in yet because it will get lost in the shuffle and then you'll cry when I don't read it out. So wait until I ask. And all the Blue Monday team have got their totals as well. But we will go through um, one by one these next eight games. Let us know your thoughts as we go. Probably, well, um, I say probably, if you actually do any kind of sort of data analysis of the quality of the opponents here, this is the most, you know, if they um, hold form, this is the most difficult run of the season thus far um and it starts and we'll go through game by game here with a trip to west brom mikey they're pretty tight at the back carlos corberon's teams um tend to be that way very solid team shape um still got the drips of the parachute money that ran out in the summer and we do have to factor in leeds play the friday night everyone else plays it three o'clock and we play at 5.30. I think I've got a draw in this one on my list, Mikey. What, what are you saying? Yeah, I think a draw would probably be a popular result for this one. Um, West, it, West Brom are a decent side with some good players. They don't concede many goals and we've had this international break as well. So it's not like we're going in with off the back of the, the victory. Um, yeah, I think a draw... It's probably the most likely result for me and also a good result. If you offered it to me, I wouldn't get on that bus. Um, Joe, talk to me about the West Brom game and then move us into Millwall at home um, after that as well, please. It's hard to add much to what you guys have said there. Cole Brown's got in there and he's got them very organised. They're very tight, aren't they? They Not a lot of goals in their games. And it's one of those ones where if you can get up there and score a couple, you'll probably win the game. But 
like Mikey said, you wouldn't get on the bus if you can get a point there. I think we're at the stage where we've got so much credit in the bank and so many points in the bank that you start picking up good points away from home and keeping your home form excellent. You're going to be in a fantastic position. Uh, Millwall, Joe? Millwall, um, it's a game you've got, you've got to try and catch them cold, don't you? They've got, they've got a new manager. Joe Edwards has gone in there and obviously his first game, they won 4-0. But I think when you look at Liam Senior's comments when we played Hull, Earlier in the season, he spoke about how Ipswich are sort of where we want to be. They've got all their triggers. They know what they're doing. I'd imagine that Millwall are going to be working on the similar stuff, How what their pressure triggers are going to be, how they're going to play out from the back, what their patterns are going to be. And hopefully we can just catch them cold and just use the extra experience and knowledge and time and composure and everything we've got in our squad just to sort of try and roll them over, start quickly and try and roll them over at home. No. I've got a win. I've got a win there against uh, Millwall, Mikey. What do you reckon? Yeah, I've got a win there as well, but I don't think it will be easy, especially if we're coming off the back of a a, a defeat at West Brom, um, because that's the type of fixture that we now look at. Even though Millwall were really good in the Championship last year, they only narrowly missed out on the playoffs. I think we look at Millwall at home now, and we think, yeah, that's that's a home banker, and that's and I know we know it's difficult, but I think another packs out Portman Road be a very expectant crowd on that Wednesday night I just I, I'm slightly worried about it but ultimately I think we'll get the three points from that one hear me out I know I'll get some emotional responses from this I've got a drawing with Coventry on the basis it's Mark Robbins who is struggling and is battening down the hatches and they will happily sit and might be able to limit limit us to I know not many teams have been able to limit us to a single goal. I think they might think they might be able to get out with a with a one-one there. So um, I think there's teams in there that, in terms of style, we would rather face than uh, Coventry, who I think are going to sit in. What's your take on that, Mikey? Uh, I think sometimes Ben, you you worry too much, mate. I th- I've got us down <laughs> for three points in that one. I think, get in I think there. We've, we've we've got a better manager than them. We've got better players than them. I think. I think we can beat Coventry at home on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and that that will be seven points from the week. We'll still be absolutely flying. We might even be top. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Joe, what's your take? Yeah, generally at Portman Road, we seem to beat the teams we should be, don't we? And as good as Coventry were last year, they're not been good this year, haven't they? Have they? They're, what, 20th, 19th, 20th in the table at the moment and just are not winning any games. They've drawn a few, but they seem to draw or lose most weeks I know that's obvious when they're at the bottom of the table but I don't see them a few weeks back I'd have said they look like the sort of team that look like they're going to click into gear at some point because they've got I still think that's going to happen look unlucky but I, I just don't see it now I think once you get so far behind the eight ball like you said sort of oh they might batten down the hatches I think they're, they're now in a position where they've just got to try and ensure that they get themselves into a comfortable mid-table position and that's going to be the height of their ambitions this season so You've, you've got to try and win that one, don't you? Is Sim you still playing a star? Is is he still playing a starting role? No, um, no. no. It's been Hadji right with two playing off him. So um, mm. be a lovely front two if they played right and Sims. But um, if Sims coaches... comes, Sims comes on. That's one that you worry about a little bit, isn't it? After <laughs> yeah, what happened with... in the summer. I agree with that. Another thing you worry about, Joe. Although Mikey tells me I'm being too cautious, <laughs> is Middlesbrough. Away, nine wins and 11 in all comps. Carrick versus McKenna, Joe. What do you reckon? Well, they're 
they're two managers who know each other like the back of their hands, don't they? They've sat in meeting rooms and managers' rooms with each other for probably 16 hours a day, seven days a week for three years. So there, there isn't anything that they won't know about each other. So it will just be a case of who can get the better of the other one. And I think this is one of those ones where you can see them cancelling each other out in there. And I think if that did happen, they cancelled each other out and we came away from the BT Cellnet Riverside stage yeah. with a <laughs> with a point. I think you'd take that now, wouldn't you? Uh, Mikey, 100%. you won't be surprised to know. I've got zero for this one. I think we're going to get beat at Middlesbrough. Don't worry, I've got some wins coming. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually with you on this one, Ben. I, I've got... Um... I've got the loss coming here as well. Just we can't we can't win them all, and that isn't going to be an easy easy afternoon. Going all the way up to to Middlesbrough, facing Carrick, who's going to be bang up for it. And Middlesbrough, let's face it, they they're going to need that win more than us. Right, I have actually got us beating Watford, and this is what I mean by there's certain opponents. I would rather, strangely, I'd rather play Watford away than Coventry at home. I think we'll get more of the game, more of the ball, um, and we'll make more chances, etc. So I've actually got us winning at Watford, Mikey. Yeah, um, I've, I've got us winning at Watford as well. Um, I haven't seen a great deal of them this season, but they seem a little bit chaotic. Um, and yeah, we we generally do well in, in the, the big away games down south this season, so... Um, I'm I'm going to back us for three points at Watford. I'm going to be enjoying that one with Mr. Joe Fares, and I'm sure that he's got us nailed on for three points as well. <laughs> I, I I sort of I think people are sleeping on Watford a little bit. I think they're quite a decent side, and cool. but let's I, have I, some I more Americanisms, Joe. <laughs> no I, I one is no one in this team is sleeping on anybody, Joe. Come on, you know. I don't think we're, it, we're no I don't think here. until Ishmael sort of gets the January window to bring some of his players in. I think there's a lot of internal politicking going on there with regards to the director of football has now left and Ishmael's been given a longer contract. So I think it is him trying to get his guys in there. But at the moment, they just look a sort of well-organised defensive team who just have a couple of quality players going forward, but no real structure going forward. So a little bit like Leicester, but maybe sort of a Poundland version of Leicester in that regard. Speaking so, of Poundland... Yeah, Ipswich v Norwich, Joe. Three points. Crappest team in the league. Well, oh, apart from so the bottom what three. Doing? What are you doing? <laughs> no, no. no I, I, to be honest, when I've watched Norwich, they've, they've looked really unimpressive when I've seen them on too many occasions this season. I don't, I don't know. I saw that Johnny Rose got injured, but I don't know whether mm. Josh Sargent and Ashley Barnes will be back by then because I know it's defensively where they've got a lot of issues. But I think a lot of the problems defensively come from the front of the pitch. They don't have those two, which are high-quality championship forwards who can sort of press and give them a foundation to start on up, the, up that side of the pitch. If they haven't got Barnes and Sargent back in, and if Rose's not back in there, forget all this rubbish about form book goes out the window, bloody blah and a derby. It doesn't. We're better than them and we'll beat them. Yeah, the form book never went out the window, Ben, when we were, when we were the team that was struggling, did it? <laughs> I stayed on, stayed on the table, didn't it? I'm obviously worried, a little bit worried about this one because I feel like Norwich have got to be better then than they are right now, surely. Um, one way or another, it's it's either Wagner finds something in the next couple of weeks and they and they go into the derby with a little bit of form, or they go down a different route and then. You have all the difficulties of playing against a team with a, a new manager bounce. Um, 
yeah, I'm obviously concerned about it because winning it means so much. Um, but I'm just going to go there and I'm going to try and enjoy us going into a derby as the better team and having a fantastic opportunity to beat them for the first time in my adult life. But I think, like, without sort of, I know, all joking aside, I just don't think they've got the quality at the top of the pitch at the moment. And, and that is because they've got players missing, not because they don't have it in the squad. So if they if they still have those players missing, it, they just, they're just up against it in the same way we'd, we would be if we had our three main forwards out. It, it brings it brings you back down and and it and it is doing them currently remember we'll be playing with nine men though probably joe for a lot of that game <laughs> <laughs> um mikey i didn't hear your win draw loss on norwich uh i went win i am also gonna go for a win i'm not gonna say Come anything on, else and i'm gonna say i oh my god <laughs> please for yeah, god's sake um and to bring us right back down, Mikey, I've got a zero at Leeds, I'm afraid. I think um, uh, hopefully um, my total will mean that we're still um, in second place and we've still got a lead to hold on to going into that game. But I, I can see Leeds winning that one at Ellen Road, Mikey. Yeah, I can, I can as well. Um, we, we know what a good attacking team they are. One thing we'll say, we, we seem to be better defending against these really good attacking teams away from home. Just hope that we can, if we can get to half time at nil-nil in that one, then I think we'll have done really well and we've got every chance of getting at least a point. But yeah, I think if you if you look at these fixtures, I mean, that's arguably the hardest, hardest game of the year, isn't it? In a packed out Ellen Road just before Christmas. We don't know how close they're going to be to us by then as well. Like that, that that's going to be a huge game and one that if we can get a point, then that'd be a huge bonus because I think most of us are probably expecting to lose that one, especially as Leeds are such a fantastic team, Ben. Joe? Going to be a really, really tough game, isn't it, when you look at it and you look at the squad, you look at how they play. They've got all that quality going forwards, but, we, but we've got quality as well. And if we can turn the game into a shootout like it was at Portman Road between the two of us, there's, we've, we've got a chance of coming out of that game with something. But yeah, when you look at it on the calendar, it is one that you probably think, yeah, zero points on that one. But I, I don't. I back this team wherever they go. To be fair, like I think Collins just mentioned the comment about the lunchtime kickoff. I think that will help us because Ellen Road is. Like I know people talk about Millwall, but I think Ellen Road is a real big intimidating ground, isn't it? You're you're surrounded there. Once. Joe, I, Joe and, I've I've heard that Ellen Road is louder for a lunchtime kickoff for some bizarre reason. Um, to na- to name drop, you've you've already. I think you name dropped a little bit in the. Um, the green room. So I'm going to do it now. I spoke to Dominic Matteo last season ahead of Leeds, Leeds, Newcastle, I think. And he was explaining to me why Leeds fans are louder on a lunchtime kickoff. It's something to do with, like us on Derby Day, where we just, we think, well, we better start drinking at this time because the game's at that time and you end up drinking more than you normally would. Um, I don't know, that Christmas weekend, that everyone would have been out on a Friday night had a few too many beers. I, I do think that is one that, that that could help us. I, whatever yep. Dominic says, I'm I'm not convinced. I think that might just be his <laughs> bias on it. But I just if if you can get there, because the problem is there's a lot of noise from the Leeds fan base about Ipswich already, isn't there? So that is a game that they've very much got circled in their calendar. Looking forward to it. But a lot can change between now and then. We could be 14 points ahead of them by that point, or we could be <laughs> two points ahead of them, and then all of a sudden yep. it is a humongous game. But they they mm-hmm. could have just done their usual where they win three and then lose a couple. Are you going to do the um, home end for that one, Ben? I think I'm um, on Christmas duty 
Um, so I don't think I'm don't think I'm going to be able it's to. On, um, it's on Sky, isn't it? Don't think I, I think I might even be travelling at that point as well. I've just okay. been. I'll, I'll be told where I'm going to be, and I'll, I'll try and wangle um, some way of seeing it. But yeah, You'd um, be driving home for Christmas with you. I'll be driving through a caravan in bloody Chichester, let, let alone um, home. Right, guys, get your numbers in. Now we're on to the last one, which is Leicester City at home. So let me just put the image up. So give us your numbers for um, eight games. We prefer the numbers that come out of your head as opposed to your heart or even your backside. But um, put whatever numbers you, you want to put up. Um, freedom of speech is alive and well in the chat. I think we're going to get something against Leicester on the telly at home on Boxing Day. I think they might take the lead, but I got a point for that one, Mikey. Yeah, I I, I could see that as well. Sorry, I thought we were just doing predictions up to the Leicester game. So, oh, give um, yourself some more points. Oh, okay. I'll add um I'll add three points on three. <laughs> I feel like we're we're either going to be coming off that Leeds game feeling like promotion is almost like within our grasp and they're like come on if if not <laughs> now then when like it, it no if if we win that league if 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 the next few weeks goes really well and we and we somehow win at least we go into that game and we'll be on such a high and i think that we'll we'll elevate to another level like we did in april time last year or we we lose at Leeds, and then we have to bounce back and i and i think that leicester at home on Boxing Day, a night game. I think that's that's actually really good fixtures to have on Boxing Day. Um, I'll I'll go for us for a win, Ben. And just oh, please, please, nobody give Jamie Vardy any any <laughs> anything to feed off. Oh, just don't he, say he anything. He doesn't need any. Yeah. Um, Joe, Leicester, Leicester at home. Leaders, Leicester. Are they? Oh, yeah. Only on goal difference, though. But um, that is the fact. Those the. There is also the point that Maresca has never managed a team through a Christmas period before as well. He's got to he's got to work out what he's got to do there. And I don't think we've got anything to fear from Leicester. Like, yeah, they're for me, they're an excellent defensive side, but I don't I don't see they have a huge amount of they have they obviously have a lot of quality going forward, but I don't think they have a huge amount of know-how going forward. And this stage of the season where there's a lot of free game weeks coming up, I don't see that there's huge amounts of time on the training ground. We're very much getting into that grind of play play, 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 recover, play, recover, play, recover, aren't we, rather than a lot of time out there training. So, yeah, I'd be confident. I'm confident every time I walk into Portman Road at the moment. So, yes, stick me down for another free. <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> um, brilliant stuff, guys. We've got plenty of your um, totals uh, coming in. We're going to um, go through them in a sec. But let's see what the Blue Monday team said. So, remember, we are – we'll be at game 24 – by this point, this is eight games on to where we are and now. Add, add three on to mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> For two, three points onto... a, two points per game. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. It looks like me and Dave are the biggest misers there with 12 points. But in deference to me and Dave, if we have 51 points at um, game number game number 24, having played Leeds twice already and having got that fixture against Leicester out of the way, um, I'm cock a hoop with that. Um, who had oh. so Rich had 13, Seb 14, and Craig 14. Um, Mikey has just pushed it up to two points per game. And to be fair to Joe, 
we all laughed at him with his um, ludicrous, absurd predictions towards the end of last season. And he was closer than any single one of us. So, um, Who's laughing points. now, boy? Who's laughing now? Um, let's look. Why did you make me do that, Mike? I literally just... <laughs> have you ever seen that thing with Paul Skulls where he said, yeah, oh, Giggsy took his shirt off. I just went to take mine. I don't know what the <laughs> hell I was doing. I just copied him. That was me just then. Basically, your gigs, I'm Skulls. We'll leave it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, right, what have, we, what have we got here? 14 for Neil, 15 for Neil, 18 for Colin. Go on, Colin. Um, 12 horse, Hullera. Michael, nine. Although still, nine of the 39, 48. This is the ridiculous thing. If we score zero, we're still um, on course for playoffs, which is ridiculous because if you double up 39 from game 23, for example, you get 78, which works nicely. Uh, 14 for Rob, um, 21. I knew there was going to be one. Go on, balls. Uh, 16, Nick. 14 at Tristown, old boy. Uh, 15, Nick. Uh, Howard, 15. Um, Rodders, um, 14 or 15, 1.8 per game. Uh, Zach, 16 or 18. This is lovely. And he's uh, a doctor, Ben, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he prescribes that many points. Uh, 10 for Nick. Uh, any more for any more? I think we're there. Um, I've got a question Question for you, Ben. Um, uh, can I just do these last two, yeah. Mikey, and then you can yeah. ask it. And by the way, before Mikey asks me a question, get your questions in now and we'll go Q&A for the final 10 minutes of this podcast. Uh, Tim, heart says 18, head says 15. Nice. Um, and I think we are all there. Get your questions in. Um, on anything you like, stick a cue before it and a question mark after it, and um, I'll more likely see it. Mikey, sorry, go ahead. So Ben, after so we're we're on this ridiculous run of scoring in every game, aren't we? Do you th- still think we'll have that run intact um, after Boxing Day? I mean, the odds are that we won't because the run's ridiculous as it is anyway. But if you take mm. the seven games, I always, always think it's unfair to do that. You know, take the seven games in isolation I, I know you guys poo-pooed it but that commentary, see commentary. Is, is rankling with me whether that could be a yeah. nil-nil or a one-one you would think we would score at Middlesbrough might not score at Leeds um I don't know odds are against it what say you Mikey and then on to Joe with that one um yeah oh go on go on Joe I, yeah, just by chance, you think there'll be a game where even like West Brom, it's a game you go there, you could have a nil nil yeah. up there, isn't it, or stuff like that. And but we we don't seem to play in a way that will have us stop ourselves from scoring. Do we? We seem to attack each game. So who knows? But yeah, you wouldn't have thought it would go on for as long as it has done, would you? But who knows? Would and Ben, another one from me. Um, <laughs> I, I I I also think we're we're going to lose that at some point in in the next few games. Um, but that's. Not a huge problem. Um, would you rather take three points from Norwich at home or Leeds away? It, it, what? So you, you have to win one and you have to lose one. Yeah. It kills me to say it. You have to, if you've got any logical, strategic fibre in your brain, you have to take the, take it from the Leeds game. Because yeah, you, I, have to, I, you I, wanna, I, I don't, I don't. want that to be the answer, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's a I get it because it's, it, it's, like, it's like getting six points, isn't it? That, yeah, essentially, because well, you're taking that. 
And bearing in mind, we've already lost to them as well. If you have a clean slate against Leeds for the season where, you know, they've got three points and you've got three points, Joe, then essentially who finishes higher out of those two teams depends on what you do. I, I just, I just think the win against Norwich, there's a few like untangibles there and like the lift that it That's will, true. It will give everyone. Someone mentioned that in the comments actually. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's sort of, it's not really a measurable one, but I mean, but you I, didn't allow I, me that. Because you said one or one or the other, and the intangible, the intangible could happen then against Leeds if you beat Norwich, um, mm. doesn't it? But right, get your questions in, um, guys. Uh, let me scroll up, and we'll answer as many as uh, we can. Where's the first one? I saw one up here. Oh my god! Why can't I find questions? Stick a cue before it and a question mark. We love how much interaction there is up here but it does make it rather hard for me to find anything um we get this most weeks don't we lads um is another striker critical now in january joe is yes isn't it yes yeah especially with the position that we're in you've just got to you've got to, you, positions like this don't come around ever do they we, we, we're going to be likely in the top two when january starts so how many how many chances of promotion do you get you see like coventry this season where they had a chance, they didn't get it, they've lost their two best players and now they're in 20th. Stansfield, uh, Joe? Or Bishop at Portsmouth? Yeah, I think Bishop would be a hard one to get out of Portsmouth because they are doing so well and yeah. is he a player that's going to go into the Premier League? But it's difficult to say. I, I, I'd imagine it's one you look at the loan market for, isn't it? Unless you've got a perfect player that's out of contract in the summer that you can pick up for a cheap fee. But maybe Scarlett's up to mm. speed, but it's a it's a very difficult one. Uh, Mikey Nick is asking about the FA Cup third round. You, my take before you give me yours is you almost need to look at that as another international break, um, given the run coming up, and that there isn't one until March. And you know, obviously, you want to win games and progressing cups and whatnot. Yeah. But what what whatever the outcome of that game is, it's got to be the same approach as last season and the eleven changes, hasn't it? Surely. Yeah, and 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 when we do the eleven changes, I, I don't think it does us a huge amount of harm to to get through. Um, and you you can lose momentum by being knocked out um, poorly. Let, let's have fingers crossed, Nick, for for a really good draw um, in the third round of the FA Cup against one of the big boys. And there's absolutely no shame shame in going out. And then, like you say, it's basically an international break um, for a couple of match weeks, isn't it? Later on in the season. Um. This is a really interesting question from Jace. Um, he says, how many red and yellow cards do you predict in the Norwich game? But, Joe, can I add to that? In terms of that being a nasty game where one team or both teams, hopefully one team gets particularly wound up and loses their heads, is that something, you, if you were Norwich, you'd probably want that to happen, wouldn't you? And if you're Ipswich, you're probably saying let them lose your heads but keep yours right and like the last time we played Norwich there was a massive golf in quality between the two teams and the way we tried to level it up was by Paul Lambert sort of starting a fight in a dugout and a, a performative fight yeah yeah and a, f- a few sort of I think Flynn Downs put a bad tackle in on um Todd Campbell and oh, a few Lewis. bits of that and and they, they want to um they want to do bits like that and but for me 
that's the game they want to play. That's that's their that's their hope of beating us. Because if it comes down to a game of football, they're not going to get near us. Um, Mikey, question: Final points total. We, we're at the point now where we, we've said this a few times. It it'll be hard. It have to be a really bad drop off. We'd essentially have to turn into a bottom half team for it to not really be landing above the the seventy mark. And a a reasonably decent team will get will get eighty. With a 39 from 16 start, Mikey, that's just the pure mm. basic maths of it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go 83. If um, it is one and a half points per game from now on, which isn't massively difficult to achieve, is it? That's 84 points. <laughs> wow. Um, which probably is... I mean, I suppose pre- after after predicting that we get 16 points from the next eight games, <laughs> yeah. we probably should, should just go for 92, shouldn't I? Yeah, my, you're only getting 28 my, from the last 22, Mikey. Yeah. Follow yours through. <laughs> I can see Southampton and Leeds both being either on 90 or close to 90 as well. So that that could be a fourth place finish. But let's hope we don't regress to um, average. We regress to we don't regress. Well, we don't regress at all. We get like 114 points or something mental. So um, we'll, sure we'll know a lot happening. more on January the first, won't we, or on December the. We'll always know more one game down the line, Joe, won't we? James, where do I buy Ben's sweater not pre-worn? Don't know where you can get it pre-worn, but James, you can buy the pre-worn sweater here for 5,000 English pounds. I will drive it to your house. Um, Just send us an email. No, some website. Um, uh, I'll ask my missus and I'll tell you. Um, uh, Did we do this? I think we did this last week, didn't we? How many of the 25 will be in the Premier League squad next season? Um, Bars, I think we did do that next last week so we will uh scoot over that one um uh joe are you can send more to pick up 10 yellows before the norwich leads leicester games two game suspension <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> i am i think he's on seven isn't he so seven. sort of six games to get through without picking up three yellow cards is difficult because he does sometimes need to take one for the team and do it last year he was excellent at walking the tightrope on nine bookings but i did feel like he lost a little bit from his game when he was having to do that and he was having to sort of not play his more natural game to do so so yeah that is a big concern so ideally if he, if, if he got booked in his next three they'd be back for the norwich game yeah hmm that's all very tricky when you think about it like that um nick uh well i'll take this one at what point does our momentum from last season run out uh when does the high physicality of this season catch us up there's got to be a point when you know when just the sheer exertion of the last 18 months means you have a bad run of um a few games assuming that that is going to happen even if it's for two or three games i know um, a lot of people will um, blindly assume that that's never going to happen for the next hundred years and we'll win everything ever. Um, you just want that to be done before Easter so you can have a good old run towards the end of the season. Um, uh, Philip is asking about the 10th book and I think we've covered that. Uh, Steve, this sorry, Mike, this one would better go to Joe. Where would you yeah. rank McKenna in the top 20 managers? So remember, it's not top 20. It's the power rankings. It's Who's got the highest status at the moment? It's not not who's the best, or but um, do it anyway, Joe. I think he's a Premier League manager, isn't he? When you, when you look at the the managers in that league, but there's obviously that elite level of managers at the top, the Peps, the Klops, even like Unai Emery, a, a little bit further down there. But yeah, I don't think there's many teams outside probably the ten 
best teams in England that would not be improved by having him come in as their manager. So yeah, somewhere in that sort of t- early teens, mid-teens range. I'd, nice. I'd be surprised if Brighton weren't seriously looking at Kieran McKenna as their next manager already. Uh, Mikey Norman Ashton says we have Mark that is um, FFP headroom what sort of budget will we have in January will we beat break our transfer record there's a possibility actually isn't there yeah I don't don't know like who is that striker though that that we're going to spend five million on I just until I hear a name that I think yeah we could we could like he'd improve us and he's worth the investment and we can get him. That that was the problem in the summer, wasn't it? Is that we couldn't quite get those players that that we really wanted. Um, it's difficult. I I could I could see us trying to pick up signings like we did last January. Really, just trying to find a couple of diamonds in the rough. Maybe take a gamble on on a player that doesn't have a great fitness record recently, um, like we did with Luongo. Yeah, it's 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 difficult. It's a difficult one, really. But they they might already have these targets all lined up, and they might have think, num- Mark, numbers yeah, in mind. A transfer record level signing would be a summer thing. Not, a, but you never know. Yeah, you never know if we, we get did it with Marcus Stewart, didn't we? In, in, if we I did, there's no transfer. It's, it's just, if, it's just mm-hmm. if somebody becomes available that is one of your long term targets that you've been. I'm not saying Jay Stansfield, for example, someone we looked at on loan last summer. If all of a sudden Fulham think actually we need to just free up a bit of money for FFP headroom, so we're going to sell him for eight million quid, and you think actually he's going to be worth double that in the future, and we like him and he'll suit us now, so you just jump in and pull the trigger. And what happens? It it could happen. What happens if someone comes with twenty five million plus add ons for Leif Davis on January the first? What what happens? You just can't rule that rule that out in terms of happening. I know everybody cries when you. Um, kind of suggest that the best players are going to leave a football club that's not in the top 20 in, in England. But, you know, it's, it'll, be it's nice, not... it'll be nice to finally get some decent decent cash for a, for a good well, player. Exactly. Uh, Chris, to Ben, uh, what's the feeling about us from fans of other championship clubs other than the parachutes? Are they quietly pleased for us? Uh, do they find us a bit irritating? Chris, you will not be surprised to know that football fans are incredibly emotionally led. Therefore, most of their takes are incredibly juvenile. So absolutely none of them are pleased for us because um, if you're emotionally led, then jealousy tends to be um, quite a big emotion that sort of comes. Um, but you you would rather people were irritated by you being um, way better than everybody expected. Um, I'm having to correct a lot of people when I'm, you know, oh, you're going to blow it, you're going to wobble or whatever. And I'm like saying, what are you talking about if we lose our next seven games, we'll still have more points than we maybe would have expected to have at this point anyway so um yeah people are quite confused about it which um is quite amusing from our point of view but i I think i think block out the noise mikey hey yeah and i think premier league uh supporters that i speak to seem pretty excited by the idea of having a a new uh, like i know we've been there before but not one of the old clubs coming straight back up again um like in the same way that I think a lot of neutrals were quite excited to see Nottingham Forest go up a few years ago. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. and to a, to a lesser extent, maybe Leeds Leeds when they went up um, a few years before. Um, I th- I think we're quite a well well respected club, but obviously there's going to be a little bit of jealousy in the green eyed monster from other Championship clubs because it's an emotional game. I can't say I've 
got particular fondness for many of the championship clubs that we've played against so far. So, so why why would they? And Joe, I just think it's quite nice that all of a sudden you're um, being treated by fans of teams like Southampton, um, particularly who've been in the Premier League for the last 10 years um, and, um, you know, clubs the size of Leeds. You've, you've been treated as an equal. Oh, we're coming for you. It's like, OK, um, bring it on, uh, Joe. Yeah, and if you take if you take us out of the equation, the bottom three of the Premier League and the top three of the Championship would be the promoter teams and the relegated teams. So we are the only side stopping that crap-looking season of just teams going straight up and teams coming straight back down. So oh, I Joe, think it's sorry, important on that just, side. Just to quickly add to that, I've written about that today, that the only thing that would make that interesting is if you get some head-to-head, neck-and-neck, second versus third. But I agree with you. It's in the biggest scheme of things. It's bloody boring, isn't it? Yeah. And we are we're a proper old team aren't we the like Mike was saying about the forests and teams like that we people would rather see us up there than a half tough name team I'm going to insult here but like a baller for example aren't they <laughs> like with a 10 11,000 stadium and yeah they're trying to progress but ultimately they're, they're, nev- they're never going to be us are they no and on that note uh, we will say a huge thank you to everybody for joining us today on the Blue Monday podcast um, let us know what you thought of the power rankings. Let me just bring the graphic up again. You can have one more look at Joe's um, top five um, in the ITFC power rankings. Let us know yours um, via Twitter. Apologies, and that wasn't very audio proof, was it, doing it that way? But there you go. I'm sure you've heard the show um, and know what they are by now. As I said, we'll be back on Thursday for the West Brom preview. Um, and then it gets rolling again, Mikey, for... A hell of a run up until Christmas. Um, as the roller coaster sits in the whatever you'd call it at the start of the roller coaster ride. What are your final thoughts today, Michael? Oh, it's just incredibly exciting to be talking about this sort of thing, isn't it? Like when when you said about the Southampton fans speaking about Ipswich like we're we're on the same level as them. It wasn't that long ago that Peterborough were laughing at us and we were thinking, Oh, I wish we could be like Peterborough, I wish we could be like Coventry. And Take a look at us now. So take a look at me now. Joe, it's just an empty space for you to say something. And he's muted himself. Did you mute me? Because I didn't do anything there. So. No. My hands have um, actually been here the whole time. No, they can be here if you want. <laughs> just, just keep enjoying the ride. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yep. It will end soon. But in, until it does, just enjoy every game yeah the, these are the good times that we're going to reflect back on in a few years so let's just make sure that we're absolutely drinking it in all the time suit suit studio This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.